Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter. This is a place where authors, creative artists, and entrepreneurs can share the story behind their process. You will also hear solo episodes where I give writing tips, inspiration, encouragement, and lessons I've learned throughout my writing journey, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. Grab a cup of your favorite beverage, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And don't forget to visit my website at annewritesinspiration.com. Thanks for supporting my Inspirational Journeys podcast. My purpose is to provide a platform for authors, creative artists, and entrepreneurs to share their stories while also providing writing tips, encouragement, and inspiration to help you achieve your writing goals through faith and courage. By clicking the support this podcast button or following the link in my show notes, your monthly contribution of 99 cents, 4.99, or 9.99 will help me achieve mine. Welcome to Inspirational Journeys, everyone. My name is Ann Harrison, and before I introduce my special guest, yet again, I would like to send a shout out to Karen Steele, a publicist at Baker Publishing. Thanks so much, Karen, for this opportunity to connect with your authors. I really appreciate it. And today's special guest is Susie Finkbeiner. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. Oh, thank you. Susie Finkbeiner, <laughs> author of the story of Stories That Bind Us. Welcome to the show, Susie. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a stay-at-home mother of three, and I live in West Michigan. I've been writing, goodness, for my whole life, and... I am so grateful that I have the opportunity to write books and have other people read them. Well, I am so glad to have you on the show. So what inspired you to become a writer? You know, I've always loved stories, stories um, that my parents would read to me, tell me, um, stories that I would make up in my head. And so for me, it was very natural to choose to be a writer. Um, and I just never knew that I would be able to do it professionally. So um, I just took a passion that I had and tried for it and it happened. So that's, um, you know, I, I guess I've always been somebody that told stories so that it was a natural thing for me to do. Oh, okay. Well, that is so cool. So tell me a little bit about your process, are you a plotter, a pantser, a planner, or a planter? <laughs> yeah, I probably fall into that planter category. Um, I I do like to have an idea of where the story is going, but I don't have it all mapped out because I like to um, see where the story takes me as I'm writing it. So I like to have a little freedom in there, but I also, I need to know at least some things, especially writing historical fiction, um, knowing what happened in real life helps to, to plan out what goes on. 
Ah, I see. Okay. So let's talk about stories that bind us. What was the inspiration behind this book? Well, you know, this, it's, this story came differently to me than any others that I've written. Um, I was at Belle Isle in Detroit, Michigan. And it's this, for people who aren't from Michigan, it's this island off of um, Detroit. You have to take a, a bridge to get there. And back in the 60s and before, it was really, really popular, a destination. There was, um, goodness, um, a zoo there. There were all kinds of things to do. It's, it's changed a lot since um, even I was a kid. But we took our kids there and we walked into an aquarium that was built in the early 1900s. And the ceiling is this jade colored tile. And when we walked in, I looked up and it was, it was all the inspiration I needed to get the idea of telling a story about a woman and her nephew healing from different wounds by sharing stories. And so that was the inspiration. It, it kind of was a wacky way for it to come. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm so glad it came that way. Yeah, because there are some chapters that kind of leave you at a cliffhanger waiting for the next one. And there are some that end like scenes in a movie. And I like that, the, the various, the, the differences. And even though, so what genre would this be in? Historical fiction or what? Technically, um, I think that it would be historical fiction just because it, it's um, more than 50 years in the past. But I think that my mom would really not like it to be historical fiction because that's her childhood. <laughs> ah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I do think it's historical fiction. Because it was definitely set right before Kennedy's assassination and in a time when diversity was a certain, you know, like in this book was from what I've read was frowned on. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> it was at the very beginning, um, 1963, we saw some of the beginning um, of the civil rights movement becoming more well known. Um, and, and when it started getting more press in America, um, the fight for equality and justice. And so, um, not everybody liked that. Not everybody um, wanted the, the different races to be together in schools or universities or restaurants. And um, I think often the assumption is that that only really happened in the South, but really it happened in the North too, and including Michigan. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. By today's standards, nobody would blink an eye when they saw that, but back then they did. Um, so can you tell me, I know it wasn't really, I mean, I know it was touched upon, but can you, cause I'm curious now, what happened to the mother? What was she, did she have some sort of psychological disorder or? Yes. Yes. She was experiencing a mental health crisis, um, which in our days, I, I'm sure that it would be, um, classified as. Um, an anxiety disorder, a personality disorder. Um, but back then they didn't have as many classifications for mental illness as we do today. And um, 
and often in those days, mental illness was treated very differently than it is now. Mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to to show that in kind of a, you know, they were uncertain about what it was and how it should be treated, um, which would have been very common in those times. And even now, mental health is, is something that we don't completely understand. There's just so much to it. And I'm assuming, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't know if this would be a spoiler alert, but I'm assuming that's the same thing that's happening to Clara. Yes. Yes. Aha. But so, the, the end of the story is different. So oh, okay. I wanted to don't inject a lot of hope. It doesn't spoil anything. I just wanted to inject a lot of hope into Clara's story. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, I was about to say, don't tell me because I want to finish it. <laughs> it's hard oh, no, to put no, it. No, it's not. No, no. This is, and I got the audio version, the audible version, and it's, it, I got it on audible, and it's hard to put down. And the narrator your, your publisher chose was absolutely, is absolutely brilliant. Oh, uh, Tavia Gilbert, she is fantastic. Ah, yeah, she's yep. really good. She has done, um, I think this is the fifth of my books that she's she's been selected to narrate and she's she's fantastic do you get to choose the narrator or does the publisher do that actually um the the production company that records the audiobook chooses the narrator so um the publisher and i have no say and i'm just so privileged that um i've been able to have tavia do all of mine so far have you actually met her? I'm just curious. I have not, but we're friends on Facebook and we are connected on Twitter and we've had many interactions online. So I feel like I know her. <laughs> um, she's just a lovely, lovely, kind person. Oh, wow. She sounds like she would be because, and I, me being totally blind, I have listened to not only the talking books for the blind through the National Library Service, which is um, for the, well, it's called Blind and Print Disabled, which is part of the Library of Congress, but now I'm really starting to get into Audible and mm. another audio book app too. So I, I know a good narrator when I hear one. Oh, I bet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've been listening to a lot of audiobooks lately and, and yeah, yeah, I, I've been impressed by most of them, fortunately. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for aspiring authors? Yes, I actually do. <laughs> um, number one, I, my advice is to um, digest as many books as you can. Um, I think that um, reading is for a writer, like it's like going to college and getting a degree. Um, really, it is because you're you're learning from others. You're learning what you like, what you don't like, um, and just it's it's kind of like working out. I mean, really, it is. You're building muscles, and then um, set a discipline as far as what your writing looks like. Allow yourself breaks. Allow yourself time to rest because if you don't, you'll overwork yourself and you'll burn out. Yeah. Um, and I think. I think my last piece of advice is um, we all get rejected. It's, it is part of the writing life. So 
even if you're not rejected by a publisher, you'll be rejected by a reviewer maybe who doesn't like what you've written or, or maybe um, even, you know, by an agent or whatever. We, rejection is part of, of what we do. And we do have to develop a thick skin, but my advice is when that rejection comes, not to see it as a door closing in your face, not to see it as um, the end of your life or career. It's a chance to try another time. And sometimes those rejections end up being the best thing because it moves you toward, toward the best yet as far as a publisher may go. Right, because I've heard that the rejections don't mean that you're a bad writer. Rejections just mean that you're not a good fit for the publisher. Exactly, exactly. Right, so, um, and what have you got coming up next, or can you talk about what you got coming up next? Sure, um, I have a book coming out in 2021, which seems forever far away, but it will be here before we know it. Oh, I know, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's July, how did that happen? But I have a book coming out next year that's set in 1975, and it's, um, it revolves around the event of the end of the Vietnam War when the United States airlifted 3,000 Vietnamese children to be adopted in the United States, Australia, and Canada. And so it's set in three different timelines, so 1975, 1988, and 2013, and it's all around the adoption of one of these children. Ooh, and that was the, the 75 was the year I was born. <laughs> Suffice it to oh, say. It's not very, I, I was born in 78, so it's, I, I'm like, wow, that wasn't, that wasn't very long before I was born. So I know, I mean, it was historical. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, exactly. So I definitely want to, to have you back on the show when that book comes out, because, and I've done that. that with other authors too, and I've told other authors too, and I'll let Karen know, to let me know when the author, when you guys have new books coming out, because that is, that's an awesome thing. And I, I definitely want to read that because I'm going to tell you, you have this way of telling stories, even though there's the, there's not the mystery tropes. Like I write, you still have, because you want to know what happened. I want to know what happens to Clara. I want to know how the connection is made between how the bond grows stronger between Betty and Hugo and Hugo and the, and the twins. So there's a bit of, I mean, even though the tropes aren't there, there's still a bit of that, that hint of mystery in it because you, you want to know what happens next. And, uh, and that's what keeps you. you turning the pages. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. That's really encouraging to me. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it, it takes someone else seeing something to encourage you. And that really encourages me. Thank you. And I'll tell you what's funny about that, because last night I was, I, I had just listened, because I listened to podcasts too, and I'd just gotten finished, and it was about, and I was going to go to bed soon, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to read two chapters. Guess what? <laughs> two chapters <laughs> turned into ten. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> yup. <laughs> That's just how much I love this book. It's different from all the other stuff I've read. So oh. this is turning into a pleasure read too. So thanks so much for putting this book out. Wow. And again, well, thanks I to Karen, because it. if it weren't for her, I would have never even met you, never even heard of this book. I'd have missed out. <laughs> I really love Karen. She is so good at connecting people. She's just, mm -hmm. she's got a gift. That she does. So 
do you have any questions for me? Well, I'm interested. Tell me um, a little bit about what you write. Well, right now, and I actually am rewriting it because of some very um, interesting and, and negative publishing experiences I had with it. And then I ended up self-publishing the book without knowing that, that these editing faux pas happen. But anyway, um, I'm rewriting my book and rebranded it. It's called Shadow of Truth, and it's a Christian psychological thriller with supernatural, visionary, and metaphysical elements in it. Because the, wow. the main character's grandmother is an angelic figure. Okay. She comes That's to her in angelic form. Yeah, so. Wow. That sounds yeah. really intense. Mm, it is. And I've had to, and it's fascinating. Oh, I was going to ask you about research, too. And it's fascinating that what you learn when you're doing research for something you like, you enjoy writing. Yeah. Um, so when you do your research, do you travel to, well, I know you can't now, but have you traveled <laughs> to do research or? Because I saw on your on your website, and you're on WordPress, I'm on WordPress, I follow your blog, and I subscribe okay. to your newsletter. So, um, I saw the, the video of John F. Kennedy's assassination. So, do you look at, do you do research through watching videos, or have you traveled, or how did that work? All but one of my books is set in Michigan, so, and I live in Michigan, so it's, it makes it pretty easy to travel to different places and to do like site research and mm -hmm. to go to little museums. I have found mm -hmm. that the best museums are the ones that are like off the beaten track in like an old building that just has a bunch of stuff in it. <laughs> but um, I, um, one of the benefits of writing books set in the 60s, 70s and more modern is that everything is on YouTube. Like you can watch um, Walter Cronkite on the news. <laughs> on on YouTube. YouTube. I know, right? It's, it really is very helpful. Um, and also one of the benefits of writing books that are, are set not that long ago is that people are still alive who lived those times. So, um, I can talk to my parents. I can interview friends from church. I can um, reach out to people's grandparents and ask them questions. It's, it's been so great um, to sit down and connect with people. Um, one of my books, All Manner of Things, it's set during, in 1967, and it revolves around um, someone going to Vietnam. And so I was able to sit down with a Vietnam veteran and he was very open and willing to share about his experiences there. I sat down with a woman who immigrated from the Netherlands who I wanted to feature in the story. So I was able to interview a whole slew of people. And um, that I think that I learned more from those interactions than from any history books because because they actually lived it and they have so much to share and they're so willing to share. And you get to come away with it, with a new friend in the bargain. So that's really nice. Yeah. That is absolutely, that, that, that is nice. And um, like I said, it, it's really, really awesome. 
So, um, do your characters talk to you too while you're doing a research, or um, what happens there? Every once in a while, I'll it's like almost like a movie playing out in my head. So I'll be doing my research, and then it's like I can I can almost see a scene unfolding, or or something. So I I make sure to jot those ideas down because if I don't, I will completely forget. <laughs> Um, so that's, that's generally how it works. When I'm doing my research, I, I get like little snippets here and there of things that can happen. And even if I don't use those things in the scene, it could grow into something different or, um, or, you know, be used in a different book sometimes. So I try not to let anything get slipped through the cracks because I figure nothing's wasted. It can all be used at some point. Okay. Okay. So where can people find you online? They can find me on Facebook. That's probably where I'm most active. Um, my author page is author Susie Finkbeiner, and I'm the only one. So it's pretty easy to find. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they can find me on Goodreads, where I am constantly posting about the books I read. Instagram, where I'm a goofball. Um, those are probably the best places to find me online, and I love to connect with readers. I love it. Okay. Well, and I and I ask, and I've been asking a lot of the, the Christian authors, so I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'd love to know if you have a favorite Bible verse you'd like to share. Um, you know, one of them that I've been, like, almost fixated on over the past two years is from Zephaniah, Zephaniah 317, I believe. And it's, it's just about how um, the Lord will fight for us and the Lord will take our part. And, and he does this because he delights over us and he has such, such tenderness toward us. And um, there's just something about that imagery of, of God, not only as protector, because I, I get that, but God as, as one who looks at us with such joy and with um, such care and tenderness. There's just, it's just powerful to me. Oh, wow. Okay, so would you like to close us out in prayer? Sure. Laura, thank you so much for this opportunity to talk to Anne and her listeners. And Lord, I, I pray that, um, that this will be a blessing and encouraging and that um, if there are writers out there that they will feel empowered to to write the story that you've put on their heart and lord i thank you for connecting with other people and um the way that you have built community into our hearts we love you so much just in jesus name we pray amen amen so we challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired Write something inspiring and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. Thanks for listening to Inspirational Journeys, where your story matters. And have a blessed day. Hey, authors. Are you looking for a tool to help you polish your book manuscripts, essays, short stories, and more? Look no further than Pro Writing Aid. Pro Writing Aid is an editing software that checks grammar, dialogue, 
sticky sentences, style, and more. Click the link in my show notes to save 20% off your Pro Writing Aid subscription purchase. Happy writing! Are you an author, creative artist, or entrepreneur creating innovative products and services to meet your customers' needs? If you've answered yes to any of these questions and would like me to help you promote your products and services on my podcast, I have an invitation for you. I am filling out my calendar for 2020 and would like to add some new guests to Inspirational Journeys. If you're interested in being interviewed by me, please either email me with Inspirational Journeys in the subject line, message me on social media with your email address, or fill out the contact form on my website or at the bottom of my most recent blog posts with Inspirational Journeys in the message box. I look forward to hearing from you, and thanks for listening to Inspirational Journeys, and have a blessed day. So I challenge you today to go out there and read to get inspired, write something inspiring, and share your creation with the world. For when you've touched one life, you've touched a thousand. You have been listening to Inspirational Journeys with your host, Anne Harrison Barnes. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss a fabulous episode. If you are unable to financially support the podcast at this time, yet you would like to help, please leave a rating or review on your podcast app of choice because it helps others find inspirational journeys. If you would like to contact me and leave feedback about the show, have questions about something you've heard on the show, or leave suggestions for future shows, you may do so in one of the following ways. Please send an email to annewrites75 at gmail.com. That's annewrites75 at gmail.com. Or contact me via my website at annewritesinspiration.com. Follow me on Twitter at annewrites 75 and on Facebook and Pinterest at Anwright's Inspiration. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.